Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. And we're back with episode number 38 or 39. I'm starting to lose count, which means we're seasoned. My name is. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Patrick, and welcome to the Common Sense Podcast. We got Antonia on the other line. Wait and a minute. We are, <laughs> Don't are make back me. up in this thing. <laughs> you just threw me to the side, Antonia on the other line. Because I kind of messed up the intro, and I just said, let me see if I can pick this back up. But <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. I mean, I just said my name. It's Antonia. You're so Say disrespectful. Again. Say it again pleasantly, though. I don't I don't know how to be pleasant when I just got brushed to the side like that. You didn't. No. Come on. You are ridiculous. My name's Antonia. I don't wow, and welcome back. We're back up in this thing again. April showers. You know what they bring. Sometimes May flowers. May flowers. <laughs> they bring me flowers and i just want to announce that it rained today for 60 seconds sharp and it looked like the whiz a brand new day remake middle eastern edition the kids were you know you know what i'm saying do you remember that the scene <laughs> can't you feel a Brand new day. First of all, that soundtrack is popping. I've been blasting it all week, which is probably why I made that instant connection. But they were running out with their tongues out like they're catching snowflakes. And they were so ecstatic about the short-lived rain today. Um, that reminds me. Night- that reminds me. I went and saw a movie um, called Fast Color, which it may not even be in theaters anymore. I, I remember seeing something on Twitter that they were going to like take it out of the theaters because it wasn't doing too well. But essentially it's this, this like superhero movie where three generations of black women have this superpower and one of them can control the sky and it hasn't rained in like eight to 10 years, I think. And then at the end of the movie, one of the girls, well, I'm totally ruining it now, but y'all are probably not going to go see it anyway. But one of the girls, Ruth ends up making it rain um, for the first time in like eight years. And when you said that, it rained. I was like, oh, Ruth made it rain. It was a cute movie. It probably shouldn't have been on the big screen. Um, more of a Netflix film, but, you know, representation. So I went and saw it. It's called Fast Color if any of y'all want to go see it. Did you see Little? I have not seen that one yet. That one's next. You know, I, I'm slow I, to get to the movies. Yeah. I still haven't seen Us. <laughs> the disgust. <laughs> Yeah, but I did walk when I went to the movies yesterday. It was a 20-minute walk, and it was just so pretty and hot outside that that I walked instead of driving. I love the heat and the sun. Like, I feel like this is, it's not a reach, but I firmly believe that Black people were not supposed to be where it was cold. There's no way, as much as I love the sun. No. I'm making a lot of faces over here as I'm literally melting in 95 degree weather daily 
um, it's so hard to find shade, you know, like authentic shade. 95 not like man-made shade, not man-made shade, not the shade where I'm talking about where tents, you know, I'm talking about a cloud that comes and creates shade that you can sit in while the sun blasts on the other side of the, of, uh, on the other side of the cloud. And this morning I found a very nice pocket of shade that I sat in during the first recess. And then I went back outside during the second recess and that shade was no longer available. And I literally searched around high and low for a piece of shade. And I found it on the fourth step on the way to the PE hall. And I sat on that with my legs all the way up cradled like a child so that I could make sure that there was not one piece of me that was exposed to the 96 degrees feeling like 103 dry heat that the desert is giving. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. 95 sounds good to me. Hell Yeah. And I'm already, this is going to make, I feel like there needs to be a better word, but I'm already to the point where I go out to the pool and tan. I don't believe I'm tanning. Because, but I I need a better word. But I I went out and I'm already getting a little more chocolate, which makes me really, really happy. Same here. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Um, And I'm glad my classroom is not smelling. So I am grateful for that. Well, you know, when you teach fifth graders now. That's true. I always hear about that. You got that hygiene talk. We are not smelling. I've never experienced that. In the fifth grade. Our ACs are working just fine. We have two air conditioners, one in the front of the classroom, one in the back of the classroom that are high-functioning, heavy-duty air conditioners, and they are on 14 degrees Celsius, Um, and that is fantastic. I didn't know that people taught without AC, like in the U.S., until I got on Instagram. I was just like, wait, like what? Excuse me. People still teaching. People still teaching with box fans. I maybe it's just because the heat is so bad in Texas that 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 does not happen. That no. I feel so bad for anyone who that is a reality for them. I'm so sorry, girl. Yikes. Good news this week. Good news. I have decided on the place I want to go this summer. Oh, so you're traveling now? Potentially. I said potentially. What? Potentially. What word, <laughs> what word is that? Sound know. that out. How many oh, syllables? Oh, my God. I don't know. Um, so I looked and I've like been looking on Instagram and we'll see if I buy the ticket, like bite the bullet and just buy it. Um, somewhere I really want to go, though. Um, I'm probably going to quit the summer job I said yes to. Uh, what? I don't think I want to work. Like a, like- it looks like a great gig, but you really need a break after this year. This year has been so Yeah, else, I don't so. think I want to work this summer. I don't I don't care if it is just two days a week. Um, and I think that's it. I don't know. The sun is out. Like, really? That just, the sun is out. That just makes me so happy. And I, I mean, well, like we've talked and you've seen it, but literally every day as soon as I get home. I'm at the pool with a glass of wine and I have my book and we just out there until the sun is not there anymore. 
Oh, and Pilates. On I've dragged three people to Pilates with me. Makes me happy. It's good news. Love it. On the other side of the world, I am chilling, chilling one week until Ramadan. Um and where the entire country will transform for this um, religious occasion. I don't even know if you can hear the prayer right now. Can you hear the prayer? No. Okay. I think they're reciting the Quran. You literally can hear it all across the country at the same time. Um, What else is good? Um, I got my paperwork filled out for my thing that I am not going to talk about yet, but I am super excited about. Um, so that's great. Yay. My paperwork. Yay. Um, what else is exciting? I left my school. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I told my current school that it's not going to work out for me um, this year and that I wanted to transfer um, to another campus. Um, And so that transfer was approved. And when slash if the interview goes well and if I really feel like coming back to the desert is something I truly want to do, um, then I will be at a new campus, which would make five schools in five years. <laughs> so be it. So be it. Would it really? So be it. Or is it. it four? No, it's five. Because you were at... Oh, okay. Never mind. You know your reality. I started off in the... Problematic Charter, and then I went to a public school with a with a problematic person, and then I went to um, a private school oh, with you do have a, a year on me. Um, with a with a uh, that was my best year of teaching, and then we got a new principal who fired me. And then I came to the desert, and then I'm going to transfer within the desert. So okay. that's five. Sorry for making you recount. No worries. It's <laughs> okay. I need to reflect on that. <laughs> um, I also am back on social media after a three-week hiatus. Um, it was so healthy for me to take off of Instagram and Twitter just to kind of redefine myself. Um, outside of the performance of social media to really sit in the silence that being abroad has given me. Um, When you are abroad in the space that I am, when you are a gay black man who is abroad in the Middle East, you kind of don't have that community that you're used to when you're coming from D.C., if you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, there is getting off social media and being here, there's just a lot of time to reflect and think. And so I took those three weeks. I enrolled in therapy. And so I've been in therapy for three weeks. Aww, yay. That has been 
Yeah, that has been really, 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 really fantastic. Shout out to Talkspace. It is a online uh, therapy company um, where you get a chance to, you know, chat, send video messages, audio messages, and set up live meetings with uh, licensed therapists. And so shout out to the Reed for their code. <laughs> They're giving me some money off. And so that has been really helpful just to talk to someone who is a professional, someone who doesn't know me, someone who is unbiased um, and who can give me some sound professional advice and kind of pushed me out of this funk that I'm in. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm out of, I'm slowly getting out of the funk. Um, <clears throat> Jesus. Shout out to the lamb meatballs that I made this morning. Okay. It's too much. Lamb is disgusting. Okay. That's okay. It is very good to me. <laughs> I had it at five in the clock, five in the clock, five o'clock this morning before I went to school and it was great. <laughs> um, I'm getting random now. Uh, I think just last thing on the social media tip is I'm posting more blogs. So I've dedicated myself to writing a blog for every Instagram post that I make. And so you can check that out on passportpat.blog.home, which is my words, word, is it word space? WordPress. WordPress. WordPress blog. So you can see that in the link in my bio and President Pat. So I feel like I'm I'm in a much better space mentally, which I think is the main idea of what I just described. You sound a lot happier. I, I feel a lot happier. I feel a lot happier, honestly. That's good. That's really good. It's important. It's so easy to like. Sorry. <laughs> I, I need to hydrate. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So that's important. It, it's it's important to not like dig yourself into a hole and ignore how you're doing, right? I felt like had the sun not come out when it when it did, I could have gotten there because I've become very, very pessimistic and like, I don't know. I'm thinking of a meme on Twitter that I've seen, but it's not appropriate to share. Um, mm. Twitter's its own little world. And it is. It's hard to not bring memes and gifts into conversations <laughs> with people you know who are on Twitter. Like, you'll be talking and you're like, did you, you know, that meme that that fits perfectly here and like it's kind of integrated itself into some of my conversations now um mm -hmm. like there's like one little video where um i think someone's like i am the confused i don't even remember the situation but like recently in conversation with friends i'm like i am the confused and like everyone gets it but if you're not on twitter like you would just be looking at me sideways like what why did you say the and now i'm like going off on a tangent mm. but yeah. <laughs> love Twitter. Um, love the sun. And I'm so glad it's out. I also, um, I don't know. Go ahead. Uh-oh. It's not a big announcement or anything. Go ahead. Like, how often when you were here, I guess, I guess not not this year, but like before, did you ever look like for jobs outside of education? Cause like, I find myself, yeah. like I'll find myself like mm, museum education, arts education, like 
what can I do with kids and still interact with children and not be tied to this stuff? Because like more and more, like I don't want to leave the classroom, right? But like more and more I'm thinking like, and like I said on the last episode, like there's no way anyone can retire from this. And if you can, it's because like maybe you just don't really care. And like you're not as invested, but like there comes a point where like you feel like you have to walk away because you're engaging in a system that's hurting kids. And I'm not at that point again yet. I have been at that point before. But I, I'm like, just, what are my options? Why do I have two degrees in the education field? And why do I not have a business degree? <laughs> yeah, I have uh, been searching, um, found myself on fbijobs.gov recently. <laughs> Wait, why are you making that face? on Facebook the other day I saw a post for like the FBI and it was like the FBI is hiring in Houston and I was just like hmm no but hmm I need to talk to a recruiter though (laughs) they would see they they would do their background check on me and see how anti-police and government I am and it'd be over (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we're not getting shit yeah, we would not pass an extensive background check at all. We see on July 17th, you but said the- F the police. What do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, I said what I said. I think it's good at practice, though, to practice. Um, I think it's good practice to see how you can transfer those skills that you've garner in your specific location in different uh avenues and and uh and uh industries mainly and i that and and that goes for anybody like don't let a degree pigeonhole you don't let a your first job pigeonhole you right like every time i i listen to a famous to somebody that i admire they always have had different like careers and i mean like totally yeah. different careers like i spent 15 years doing this 10 years doing this seven years doing this and now i'm big balling doing this i like that has always inspired me to let us know that we are not limited to this one thing um but we have the capacity to do a variety of things to do whatever our heart desires and if beyonce's homecoming didn't teach you that with hard work you can do all things through all things you can do um, then you got to do some self-work with yourself. I know a girl who you know? has taught for two years and she is leaving to become an apartment property manager and it pays almost the exact amount of money as a teacher. And I was talking to her and I was like, wait, I mean, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And she has a degree in education and like always wanted to teach. But she's done. So at the end of the year, like, it's kind of hilarious because, like, every time I feel like I talk to her, she's like, yeah, I took off. I took off. I took off. Because she didn't take off her first year. And so she had all those days stored. And in Texas, it's like you lose Mm -hmm. or you use them or you lose them. They're not paying you out for them. So it's like she had 10 days from Mm -hmm. last year and she had all her 10 days from this year. So she didn't take it off. And I'm just like, where are you? She's like, I'm using my days. But also at the same time, I'm like, okay, so how do I get an apartment manager job? Not that I really want that, but 
I no, know. You are no. not about to be saying we got one one apartment left. I, that's studio, not what I want. Please. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, and I was well. I mean, it's related. I was looking at like um. I didn't realize how. No, I take that back. I knew how poorly childcare workers were paid, but I didn't realize how poorly people in management and childcare were paid. Like a director of a preschool mm. is like they make like thirty five to forty thousand dollars. And you're running the whole thing. I'm just, I, that's not enough for what you're doing at all. No. As we uh, move forward, I want to take a moment to um, acknowledge Nigel Shelby. Nigel Shelby is a student at Huntsville High School in Huntsville, Alabama, um, who recently made national news because. Uh, he has unfortunately um, committed suicide due to bullying um, and homophobia, um, being bullied because he was gay at his school. He was a freshman in high school. Um, and... Uh, the school wrote a statement. They said, we are saddened to learn this morning of the death of Nigel Shelby, one of our ninth grade students. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family during this difficult time. The message went on, according to out.com, to describe possible changes in student behavior affected by um, the news and provide advice of, of um, for parents on how to react. Um this is just a reminder. We've talked about this before that um, suicide rates are much higher for LGBT youth. Um, here it says that 74%, according to the Center of Social Equity, 74% of LGBTQ plus youth say they don't feel safe at school. Um, and where Shelby, uh, where Nigel was, there are currently no state level protections for LGBTQ students in Alabama. So I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that um, and really I'm at a loss for words on it, um, but... Um, I th it is important that we acknowledge Nigel. It's important that we acknowledge LGBT youth. Um, and uh, yeah. We have to do a better job of teaching children to be accepting and like being aggressive about like standing up for other children. Which sort of brings me to this discussion about student behavior that is a wide concern um, for a lot of teachers everywhere. Um, I'll, 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 I'll bring this discussion full circle. Give me some time. But I spend a lot of time in teacher Facebook groups and on Twitter and Instagram and talking to teacher face to face. 
my own experiences. And whenever teachers feel as though that they're extremely frustrated or that they want to leave the profession, I don't know if you hear this, but student behavior is probably one of the top three reasons uh, along with um, teacher pay and uh, (laughs) standardized testing. But when teachers say like, I like lack of support. Normally that lack of support is stems from behaviors of students. Right. And even when you, and even when you tell other uh, adults, um, your peers, Hey, I'm a teacher. They're like, Oh, these kids today. Right. And, and so like, there is a wide concern for the behaviors, uh, of adolescents. And I think that, it deserves a greater discussion than what we're giving it because I think that currently we are equating um, good behavior with compliance and we're not really talking about what it's going to take to mold students to be the the kind of people that are going to lead the world in the direction it needs to go There's in. No time for you know that. what I'm saying? We have tests to pay. We have tests to take. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like the reason like everything is so yeah. fast 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 is because we need to get this content so we can get ready for this test. Like, there's no time, literally, like, even in kindergarten, when I have to stop things to to have conversations about, like, just social skills that they need to develop. Like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, that goes the math lesson. There goes the, the, the reading mm-hmm. mini lesson, like, and especially in testing grades, like, I can only imagine the pressure that they feel when they don't get to something. But this is so important. And all like I, I know a large portion of us like want and understand the need for these conversations to take place in the classroom. But when you factor in like admin that it's gonna pop in and they're they have your lesson plan pulled up and they're like, Why are you talking about <laughs> I'm dead at lesson plan. I'm dead at popping. Why in. are you talking Go about ahead. this? This wasn't on your lesson plan. You're supposed to be on this today. Well, I mean, this is a more pressing matter. But then that gets tied to your evaluation and your evaluation can impact your your salary. And it's just, it's like a domino effect of the things that don't really matter impacting children negatively. Like, who gives, like, I'm not going to say that. Uh If I were a parent, I would opt out. Like, who cares about the test? In Texas, it doesn't even, it doesn't even determine if you go to the next grade level. The teachers can do nothing with the data because we take it so late in the year. Who gives a damn about the test? Like, no one. Ooh. I, I hate Star. <laughs> but it's just like, ever since No Child Left Behind, like, we, we can't interact with kids just as kids. Like, you, there's no time for those social lessons that need to take place. And, like, schools... Schools will lie Need. to your face, like Atman will lie to your face and say, oh, we care about the whole child and we're educating the whole child, but you don't have a counselor for when these conversations, like when children need to go to talk to someone who's certified to have these conversations with children. You, the, the, the things that children need are not there. 
and we're we're like I feel like I'm talking in circles, but like we're harming children every day at school. Can I just also point out a boxed character development curriculum is oh, not going to do a damn we thing have for these kids? <laughs> oh my god! Shout out to Second Step. I think um, Second Step is actually I like Second Step, but I think it's. Uh, Character education and social education is not something that is boxed and packaged and given to kids. It's not something that you schedule at a particular time of the day. It's something that you do. You know what I'm saying? And so when 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 we think about uh, developing these particular behaviors um, in students that that we want to see, we got to be willing to first of all, see students as whole human beings, right? We got to abandon the you knew better approach, which we all bring in to the profession. Oh, you should have learned that last year. Your, your, your mama should have taught you that, right? No, it's like, let me let me look at you how you are right now in this moment, and then let me address and teach you as such, right? I think if in the early grades and like primary grades, we... We're given more time to help children develop those soft skills that they need to go throughout elementary and middle and high school. We'd see a world of difference, right? But like like you just said, the whole, you should have learned that already. Like in kindergarten, if you're hitting, and it, it's like you're hitting instead of asking and using your words to obtain a tool you need or a toy or something. A lot of people will say, you should, you should know better. When in fact, you cannot, you, like you can't assume that a child knows a more appropriate way to get what they're trying to get right but so often we shut down and I've been guilty of it but like we shut down opportunities to teach children how to interact with each other because we need to move on and there's things to do and content to cover and it's it's just this overwhelming continuous pressure that you're not going to get to everything that you need to get to and by stopping and having this conversation with you and explaining something that will, I mean, we all like explaining something that will impact you for the rest of your life and like give you a skill that you need to move forward, like stopping and having that conversation every single time with every child that needs it, like you're never going to get anything done. And so I know so many of us are like guilty of thinking like that at times, right? And it's it's hard to, it's hard to break away from that. But like, I've kind of gotten to the point where like, I may not do it all the time, but so what? Like, I'll just teach a little faster or we just may not get to this today or like, we'll get it when we get it because like you're five, you're six, you're seven. This, this is more important. Right. You will learn yes. whatever I was trying to teach about subtraction at some point And you'll probably learn it in a more natural and engaging way outside of school. And there are people who are, who have, you know, I said parents are not held accountable for doing these things and they're blaming parents um, for not taking an active role in their child's life um, to make sure that they come to school as perfect robot children. Um, but I think that is beyond problematic. Um, I think that there have been misbehaviors 
badass kids from the beginning of 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 time. Every generation has a problem with student discipline, right? But it's how we choose to see the children that are in front of us that makes all the difference. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to parents, I think <laughs> the only way to really solve that issue is one, realize that parents have rules in their house and they have a way that they handle things at home that has nothing to do with us, right? And so, in a sense, children have to... Learn two sets have of rules. To, some look... Yeah. They have to code switch, right? So it's like, because how I act at home is not how I act at school and how I act at school is not how I act at home. What I get away with at home is not going to fly at school and the way I solve problems at school I is not how we solve problems at home. This, this so week. We, like with one of my kids who she's very, yeah. she becomes very emotional when like when she's aware that mom is around, like if she's volunteering or something, that she becomes more emotional. But this little one, she got upset and she decided to stomp her feet and roll her eyes. And I was just like, Ooh. I asked her, I was like, is this something you do at home with your mom and dad? And she was like, yes. And I was just like, well, you can't do that at school with Miss Adams. Like, that's not how this is going to work here. There are other ways to express our anger. And it's okay to be angry with me, but we cannot stomp our feet and roll our eyes. Like, some other teachers, like, I didn't say this part to her, but, like, other teachers may be okay with that. But I'm not okay with a five-year-old stomping their feet and rolling their eyes at me. Like, I'm just not. So, in order for us to move forward, Mm. we need to learn, like, what the expectations are in this classroom. And... For you to know that that's not okay in here, like, I don't care if you do that at home. And a lot of times when my kids, like, use words I don't like, like, I don't like the word lie coming out of a five-year-old's mouth, I have to have a conversation. Like, it may be okay for you to say this or do this at home, but here we will not. Because you never want to, like, you never discredit what's happening at home. Discredit. Like, I don't care that your mom lets you say lie all the time, but you're not going to say it in here. You're going to say tell a story. So. <laughs> well. Yep. <laughs> like you just you need okay. to assist children in like figuring out the ways to navigate between those two different spaces because they're very different. Like you may hit and yell at home, but you're not going to do that here. It just won't work. It's not conducive for what we're trying yes. to do here. And if you truly feel that you need to educate parents on a particular thing, and this is what administration is for. This is a tip tip. There's a tip for the administrators who might not know what to do. When you see a school-wide issue that's happening, whether it's fighting or it's hitting or it's problem-solving, and you think that this is something that stems from home or the community, that's when you put together a a parent workshop of some kind. That's when you put together a parent night at, at some kind, and you educate parents on different ways and styles of doing things and not I don't think that comes from like if you truly have a culture at your school of like like a true family culture like we're in this thing together I don't think it it should come across as like uh uh saviorish but you got to have that culture first but I remember working at a school um that held workshops on alternatives to spanking that held uh, 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 workshops on egregious behaviors from your child at home and at school, right? That held workshops on healthy eating, that held workshops on raising black boys today. Shout out to uh, 
Brother Williams, right? So I think that um, we got to be able to see this from a communal lens as well, not just as a one-to-one kind of classroom lens. But that takes a true understanding that (laughs) school is not just a place where we come and do work. School is a place where we... What, Antonia? Is this a trick question? No, I'm no, I'm 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 know. genuinely I... asking. What is the purpose of school? It's a really good question in 2019. I don't know. I would hope that it'd be somewhere to engage a child's natural level of curiosity, but for so many that's not what what is happening in school. So But what should be the purpose I of school? I would say yes. Is that? Yeah. And to expose them mm-hmm. to different ways of thinking, different ways of being, um, and to develop a love for learning. But, like, well, that is what it should be. I think if in an ideal world, that is what school should that's be. That's what it should be. And now we know that's not the case currently, but that is what I think it should be. Mm. I also think if we need to go back to, like, remembering what is a developmentally appropriate response for children like we for- right like Basic it's easy reading. to forget that what a five-year-old <laughs> is going to do in response to x is different from what a seven-year-old would do in response to x and like understanding that some children they're not at the the mental level that they're thinking abstractly when you ask a kid why they did that they're probably not going to have an answer when you ask what's another question mm-hmm. Like when you when you phrase certain questions as what should you be doing, that's that's very tricky for young children, because what I should be doing is very different from what I'm going to tell you I want to be doing. Um, I, I think we just need to go right. back to responding to children in a way that matches where they are developmentally. And it's the the a consequence well. for a five year old should not be the same consequence for an 11 year old. They are on two different planes of development. Like it, it, they're they're different, and we need to treat them as such. Yes, and and I think as we kind of put all of that together, then we can kind of create the culture, the safe havens for the Nigels of the world, um, and so that he doesn't have to feel like I felt, and many other gay black men. Um, in this world feel uh, that we that we don't matter and that um, the words of our peers um, are more hold more weight than our own self-confidence um, and so we kind of have to do a better job at that as educators but primarily as a school system so that's going to take you saying hell no nah, after that lesson plan, it's gonna say it's gonna take that. It's gonna take a disruption. Iyanla Van Zant said, "Disrupt the pattern." She's funny. She said, "Disrupt the pattern." That's what I've been doing all <laughs> for the last four months, disrupting patterns. Um, and so, if we can do that, then we can. Uh, we can help to truly make the difference that we are trying to make. 
Um, so this ed- this episode is dedicated to Nigel and his family um, and to saying hell no to no more uh, suicides. We'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back. If you have questions, you can send them to commonsensepot at gmail.com or you can send them through our website at commonsensepot.com where you can also buy some shirts and mugs and a really cute tote bag with our logo on them. Um, I had some people send me pictures of them in their shirts. I thought they looked super cute. <laughs> so The mug is really cute. Someone tagged me in it. So, yeah, y'all should look into that. Um, is it? I thought it was cute. I didn't see it. Oh. So you didn't send it to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were being shady. I was like, excuse oh. me. <laughs> okay, so our question for today, you have to listen very carefully and maybe think back to some of your elementary experiences. So this question comes from Eliza Martin. And they say, hello, I love the podcast. Thank you for being so real about our profession. I'm curious about your opinions on using numbers to identify students. I walk into some classrooms and see cubbies and papers labeled with numbers. I have even heard teachers call students by their numbers. Example, 17, sit down. This all makes me feel deeply uncomfortable, especially as an early childhood educator in a classroom where names are studied, practiced, and such an important part of a student's identity. What are your thoughts? Does this ever have a place in the classroom? I think <sighs> that's what happens when you have large class sizes. And you got 30 kids in a class, um, 28 kids in class, 25 kids in a class, right? And you have to figure out a way to keep all of those TPT worksheets organized. I thought you were done dragging TPT. okay i'm done but but i think it speaks to a larger issue i think uh this is a teacher who is attempting to stay organized um i think they're going a little bit too far um with calling these kids by numbers as opposed to names um i often think about where it is that that we come from um which are villages of people whose names meant uh, a variety of things that centered around um, being honorable, right? Um, And so I think it is critical that students learn each other's names. And you call me by my name because that's what my mother named me. She didn't name me 17. She named me Patrick. She didn't name me 18. She named me Lamont. Okay. Um, and students should feel, my advice to you, is that students should feel comfortable saying, as Antonia has so beautifully showed um, throughout this, see, this, 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 this series, how to correct people on making sure that my name is pronounced correctly. Um, and that is that. So... I feel like I'm kind I will echo some of what you're saying, but I also am not completely opposed to the use of numbers in in the classroom. So in kindergarten, um, for us, a lot one of our math standards is recognizing numbers. Right. So at the beginning of the year, 
my cubbies are labeled with numbers and like each kid gets a number until I can get their pictures onto the cubby. And so we'll have their picture and the number. Um, my kids don't necessarily have numbers associated with them. Like I never use the numbers for anything but to put on the cubby. So like when I get a new kid, then I can tell them their cubby is number blank. And then that kid knows that that is their cubby. Um, because when we transition to names in the cubby, sometimes they don't always know this is so-and-so's name because it may begin with the first name two letters, but they can look at the number to help them remember, oh, this is so-and-so's cubby. They said this, like number 15 was theirs. So I get the numbers for things like that. I've never had kids write their number on their work because that's kind of pointless. Like you can alphabetize, you put them in order so that you can put them in the grade book. Like the number is useless for the child. Um, I have seen where like kids will line up in number order and I've had number order just because it helps when we're like moving down the hallway and kids know where they're supposed to be because sometimes we have issues with where we end up in line and we need to remember that we should not be by the friend that is at the beginning of the line because we argue and bicker with that friend. So I've done, I've, I've used numbers for number order and I've put them on cubbies, but it's not like a hard you're number 16, where should you be? Or number 16, give me your work. Like you always talk to a child by using their name. Like no matter what, you always use their name. Um, I've written numbers on like folders that I use from year to year because like I, we, we don't have money. We don't have materials. I need this folder to last. Um, so I've put them on folders. Um, but outside of that, like outside of just organizational things in the classroom, I don't think that there's any reason that a child should be so affiliated with a number um, because they have a name. So that's kind of how I feel about it, which isn't entirely what you said, but kind of related. Um, so, it makes, yeah. I mean, your answer is very developmentally appropriate. Um, I don't think that kids should be walking in lines past um, second grade. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just my own personal opinion. I don't know. I just... I, I just, any way that I can use, like, letters or numbers in the classroom to kind of, like, make them more solid, because it is kindergarten, then then I'm going to use it. Right. So. Absolutely. But you're not saying, like, yo, six, what you doing, six? No. Like, they are not online, you know? No, like they're not. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like, they are, um, they are human beings and I hate that I have to keep reminding people that we actually teach human beings. I'm also reminding myself in the same breath, we teach human beings and we have to address them as such. My students do that to me all the time. They're like, they're like, get like, get his name right. And they'll all as a class be like, yo, what? his name is blank. It's not this, you know what I'm saying? And my American accent, you know, leads me to like drawing things out and emphasizing the wrong syllable or the wrong sound. And they'll get me together really, really, really quick. And I appreciate that. And I'm always receptive. I always say thank you. But we are not, we are not, 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 not going to be calling students by numbers or anything else. If you have questions, you can send them to our email at commonsensepod at gmail.com or you can send them to our website at www.commonsensepod.com where you can get a mug to sip your drink in after a long day of work. You know what I'm saying? Or a shirt to read a book 
on developmentally appropriate behaviors um, or anything else that Anthony is looking at me funny now. I know we have a quote to end us out. What's our quote this week? So our quote this week comes from Dr. Pedro Nogueira. I believe he is a um, education professor at UCLA, I think is what I saw. At least most recently, that's what he's been involved in. Um, so Dr. Nogueira says, we need to create schools that are organized to meet the needs of the kids they serve instead of what they uh, instead of what we've been doing. We expect kids to adjust to the schools, and if they can't, we say something is wrong with the child, instead of focusing on engagement and nurturing the love of learning in kids. Something is wrong with the child, you know, really sticks out to me, and um, just how often we label children because they don't meet um, our adult standards. It's really odd, really, really weird. I think... That something is wrong with the child is what stood out to me as well. And then the nurturing, the love of learning, because I like I said much earlier in the podcast, like I don't think we're doing that anymore in the classroom. Um, at least a lot of children are not walking away with that. Um, it shouldn't be that if a child is not meeting our expectations and oftentimes our developmentally inappropriate expectations, that there's something wrong with them. Like for me personally, there's. Nothing wrong yeah. with a five-year-old leaving kindergarten on a reading level of B. Um, so often districts want like a D and an E when like a lot of children just it hits after they turn seven. And that's okay. Like granted, there are children who need supports, right? And need an, uh, some additional help and some services. But a lot of children just aren't ready to read. and. Like, that is okay. There's nothing wrong with the child. I've had it happen where, like, all year you try to beat you try to beat them into reading, and they're just not ready. And then you send them off, and you're worried because they're already on RTI, and they're already going to get all this additional support in first grade. And then by the end of first grade, they're scoring, and not that a test is a measure of a child, right? But they're getting 100% on a reading test. Like, the children will be okay if we let them be where they should be like nothing is wrong with the child just because they're not doing what you expect them to be doing they just may not be ready and we need to allow space for that there's hardly ever any space for that to take place in schools anymore and on the other flips and on the other side of that um when you know children are exhibiting those behaviors that we know um are harmful to our communities, to us as human beings, to our oneness. <clears throat> I don't know why that is. I don't know what that is in my head. Then I think that we should take it, you know, upon us um, as teachers to address that um, and to not limit our children based on where they come from and who they come from, um, but to see, you know, each child has an opportunity to uh, to become a better person under your watch or not under your watch. Um, and so let's continue to strive towards that. With that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. 
Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time. 